This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Crosby bringing pressure off the edge, the dump down to Eckler at the 18. Blockers in front, 25-30, and he takes it out. The ball's on the turf. Raiders pointing at it. There's a scrum for it. It's still loose, and Hobbs picks it up. Snap, back to pass. Looking left, lofting left, to the end zone. Adams grabs it, falling down. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. He was on his backside, and the ball landed in his lap. One play, one touchdown. Josh Jacobs, 74 yards on 13 carries, and he gets it again. Pitches it back to Derek Carr. Looking downfield for Devontae Adams. In straight at the five. Touchdown, Raiders. And that's even more glorious. That's even more glorious. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. You just heard the sounds of Jason Horowitz. You heard the sounds of Lincoln Kennedy Raiders Radio Broadcast Network as the Raiders pull it off. Third win in a row, 27-20 over the L.A. Chargers. Heard a couple touchdown passes right there. Carr to Adams, and yeah, those guys are pretty good at football. It's pretty good things happen when Devontae Adams gets the ball in his hands. Pretty good things happen when Josh Jacobs gets the ball in the hand. And, again, the Raiders have wooled off their third win in a row, putting the silver and black right back into the thick of all conversations going on as they're sitting there at 5-7. and seven. And, of course, they have a very short week coming up with the Rams on Thursday. Should be a fun one. But we got a game to talk about. We've got some... You know, some players to talk about, some game balls to hand out. And, of course, we got play, plenty of good guests to get to on today's show. Very excited about the opportunity that we have as we're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. We're here every single Monday night. Monday Night Football is our spot. Have nothing but T-shirts. If you want your T-shirts, come get your T-shirts. You want your Hooters calendars for 2023? I'm getting you prepared a little bit early. Come get that. You want the Hazy IPA, the official IPA of the Raiders? I got that as well. Raider Nation Radio 920 T-shirts. Everything you need, I have. I don't make you jump through hoops. I don't make you do cartwheels. All you got to do is come by and say, what's up? And you're going to get hooked up just like that. Again, the Underground Lounge has been our spot now for almost almost two full seasons, and it's been a lot of fun. And the TVs are on right now preparing you for Monday Night Football action. But right now we're talking all things silver and black. We're talking all things Raiders and Chargers, a big victory at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. So coming up on the show today. 2.30, Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal. He joins us each and every Monday at 2.30 to give us his assessment of the game, what he saw from the press box. And not only was the action on the field a really fun game and really fun environment, but also during the halftime show, even before the game when there was the Cliff Branch honor and, and, and having his sister there for the Hall of Fame wall and seeing Cliff Branch's name go up there and the Hall of Fame bust was there, Mark Davis was there, knowing that that's his best friend. There was a lot to like about what happened at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. And the funny thing about it is I got a three-hour show, and I don't have enough time to talk about everything that happened on Sunday. I will run out of time, believe it or not. Most people would think you got to talk for three hours. You ain't going to have nothing to say at the end of the show. No, we can do overtime today. Damon, you want to go six hours long, six hours strong? You want to do two shows in one? Let's do it. <laughs> of course. Of course, Damon says let's do it. He's at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio holding it down as he always does. But uh, very pumped up by uh, what I saw on Sunday and very pumped up by the, the way that the Raiders have rebounded and the way that they've come together. And instead of being like a lot of teams that all of a sudden get down and they start losing and they start fighting with each other on the sideline, they start barking at their coach on the sideline, start barking at their wide receivers on the sideline, they could have tucked their tail in between their legs and started making plans for Cabo and making their plans for the off 
offseason, and they didn't. All they kept doing is saying, we trust the process, we trust the process. There was emotional moments, of course. Derek Carr had his emotions after the Indianapolis Colts loss, and that was the last time we were inside the Raiders locker room at Allegiant Stadium. Wow, how three, three weeks has changed the game, right? So Derek Carr had that moment. Devontae Adams was very frustrated in the locker room following that Colts game. And then three weeks later, here we are as they're riding on a three-game winning streak and feeling a lot better about themselves. Is the, is the work done? No, absolutely not. They got plenty of work still to do. But they're making progress. They're showing what this team could look like. A lot of the expectations that I had for the team going into the season, especially on the offensive side of things, Devontae Adams, yeah, that's that dude. That's the guy that I thought that the Raiders were going to – you were going to see all season, and you have. Josh Jacobs, I didn't think he was going to have 1,303 yards on the season, but he does. I knew he was going to have a – or had an opportunity to have a really good season. I didn't know he was going to be this thinking good, but he's been phenomenal, right? And it looks like these guys are starting to come together and starting to figure it out. And remember, they're still missing two of their big-time weapons in Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. So you got to give a tip of the cap to Mac Hollins. Uh, played a pretty big role in the game yesterday. I thought he had some pretty good catches uh, and just, again, continues to try to develop into basically a number two wide receiver when Mac Hollins isn't a number two wide receiver, but he's had to fill that role and fill that void, and I thought he's done a pretty good job up to now. There's confusion at times. Does he run a wrong route at times? Sure. But, again, he's learning on the fly, doing the best he can, and, oh, by the way, he's playing special teams at the same time. So, Coming up at 2.30, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas. He'll join the show. And the RJ had a really good piece that he wrote today about Chandler Jones, so we'll definitely get into that. At 3 o'clock, former NFL defensive back Mark McMillan, Grilla McMillan, he'll join us uh, to talk all things Raiders defense. I really want to talk about the return of Nate Hobbs. And also, when Keenan Allen puts out bulletin board material, and I, I said it last week that when we heard about the barbecue chicken, when he said that the Raiders secondary was going to be barbecue chicken, I thought, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool and all that he said that. I mean, it could be used as bulletin board material, but this is a rivalry. It's a division rivalry. They don't really need that. But it was funny after the game hearing all the players that had something to say without really saying anything about the barbecue chicken. Josh Jacobs kind of alluded to it. Nate Hobbs just said barbecue chicken. That's all I'm going to say. Nobody went into great detail or what the discussions were about what Keenan Allen had to say, but they all knew what Keenan Allen had to say. So I thought that that was kind of cool. So we'll talk to Mark McMillan, all things Raiders defense, coming up at 3 o'clock, and plus what he's seen from this team as they're on the three-game winning streak, and what does that do for your locker room? If you're a player in that locker room and you were down on, on, on yourself, you were down on the team's performance, and all of a sudden you reel off three victories in a row, and, again, you're back in all kind of conversations right now with the short week coming up, you know, what does that do for the locker room? So we'll talk to Mark McMillan at 3 o'clock. 4 o'clock, Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He'll talk to us about the Rams as we got to start turning the page already, right? It's a short week. Uh, they play on Thursday. Uh, you can call it the Battle of L.A. Uh, some will coin it that, uh, you know, the favorite team in L.A. is coming to L.A. with the Raiders because we all know how thick the fan base is there in L.A. So it should be a fun one. We saw it week one when uh, I was out there at SoFi Stadium for the first game of the season against the Chargers. Now, you know, two weeks in a row, the Raiders play back-to-back -back L.A. teams with the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium and the Rams four days later at SoFi Stadium. So Tyler Dragon will join us to talk all things Rams, and we'll talk about the rest of the NFL, and in particular the AFC West. So those are the three guests that we have coming up live. We also have plenty of sound from the Raiders locker room, Devontae Adams, Jerron Harmon, Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, Josh Jacobs, Jermaine Illuminor, Trayvon Merrick, and we even have sounds from Cliff Branch's sister, Elaine Anderson, who received his Hall of Fame ring uh, at halftime in a great 
and an awesome job that the Raiders did. I think an awesome job they did in the dedication and the you know the ceremony for Cliff Branch as they were giving uh, getting the the ring, the Hall of Fame ring. And I just thought that they did it. It was it was first class. Uh, Jacoby Ford. I didn't even realize this. I didn't, there were so many things about this, and we'll talk about it later on in the show. I saw Jacoby Ford there, and I saw him. You know, they announced his name while he was on stage, but in the press box, I didn't really realize. I didn't hear what they were announcing. I just saw it was Jacoby Ford, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And my dumb self didn't even put two and two together and realize that Jacoby Ford was the one that was playing Cliff Branch in the, in the uh, celebration and in, in the, you know, the, the whole ceremony that they had for Cliff Branch. My dumb self didn't even put those two together until, like, today. <laughs> so <laughs> it was today that I learned that Jacoby Ford was that guy, even though after he took off the, Cliff Br- the Raider helmet, he was signing autographs in the, in the black hole. So I guess that should have tipped me off as well, but. You know, things happen, Demond. Things happen. So, Q, for uh, those of us who weren't there, could you describe that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, and we're going to go into some great detail later on in the show about it. But I mean, it was they basically they they told the story of Cliff Branch, right? I mean, they told, and, and it was awesome. And I'm glad you asked that question because you know everyone that's not at Allegiant Stadium doesn't get to see it. And I think at some point the Raiders are going to put it on their website, Raiders.com, so everyone can see it. I know I just got the audio from it, so we'll probably play it on tomorrow's show just so everyone could hear it. But they basically told the story of Cliff Branch. They had a picture of him when he was very young. Uh, they had him, and Jacoby Ford was running, and it was, a, it was a track meet, and they ran the 100 yards, and, of course, he won and went and looked at the time. And then all of a sudden it started talking about Tom Flores happened to notice him. And then it had Jacoby Ford coming out of the, the, out of the locker room in full Raiders uniform, and then he goes and starts talking to Fred Belitnikoff, who's there throwing passes to him because Freddie Belitnikoff taught him how to catch the I mean, they went all out, right? They told the whole story. It was just, this was actually, and I'm a hip-hop guy, this was actually cooler than, like, the Tupac hologram, <laughs> right? It was just way cooler than the hologram, right? I mean, this was, I thought it was really cool. I know some people were like, well, you know, it's not, he's not really there. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't on that level, man. I was, I was feeling it. I thought it was awesome. And then... Jim Plunkett was out there, and he was at the goal line, and they reenacted the 99-yard touchdown catch that he, catch and run that he had. And, I, again, it was just like the history of Cliff Branch. There was Hall of Famers there, a bunch of Hall of Famers from the Raiders uh, on the field. Of course, Elaine uh, Anderson, his sister, was there. She received the ring. Guys from the Hall of Fame were there. I mean, it was just – it was really well put together. And I'm doing it no justice by, by re-describing what it is. You just honestly have to see it. And, and when uh, Raiders.com, when they put it up on the website, you have to make sure you check it out. I thought it was great. I thought they did a phenomenal job. Uh, and, and so you'll hear the audio from it, though. Uh, we'll probably play it on tomorrow's show. And uh, just because I, I just think that it's, it's really something that everyone really needs to pay attention to. The PA guy did a fantastic job, you know, and that's not easy. As a guy who did PA, now I'll be the guy. You mess it up, man. It's all eyes on you, all ears on you, right? You can't mess it up. So uh, he did a phenomenal job. I just thought that it was really well put together. And, you know, during halftime, usually I get up in the press box and I'll go and I'll walk around or I'll go get something to drink or maybe even some food or something. I, I stay glued to my seat the whole time. I had no idea. I know JT had a really good idea what was happening. All I knew is that the ring was going to be presented. I didn't know exactly how it was going to come together. But, man, it was fantastic. So we'll have more on that a little bit later. I'm trying to actually get a couple guests to come on and talk about it as well. But uh, it, was, it was well done by the Raiders, so I got to tip the cap to them. Ed Graney, 2.30. Mark McMillan at 3. Tyler Dragon from USA Today talking all things NFL will be at 4 o'clock. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
So I have to ask, because the Raiders are on a three-game winning streak right now. I mentioned Derek Carr having his emotions at the podium, uh, and I know that that's been suggested on uh, Twitter. Actually, matter of fact, Passionate Raider hit me up on Twitter and said that he felt like the you know Derek Carr having that moment and uh, and Mark Davis also giving the, the stamp of approval to head coach Josh McDaniels and basically saying he's behind him. He believes that that has a lot to do with the three-game winning streak. But I want to ask you, what do you believe the biggest factor in the Raiders' current three-game winning streak is? What has changed the most? What has, you know, what has helped this team come together and get where they are? Again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because it's game after game after game, week after week after week. You can't you know, sit here and, and look down the road and look at all these different games and say, well, this, that, and the other has to happen. Can't do all that. You just got to take it one week at a time, which I, I believe they have done. But I do want to know from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200. We also got our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What do you believe the biggest factor in the Raiders' current three-game winning streak? And I'll start – actually, no, I'll pass it to DeMond first. DeMond, I'll pass it to you. What do you think is the, is the biggest factor right now as the Raiders are riding this three-game win streak? I don't want to say Derek Carr's, you know, speech, you know, him, um, you know, being so emotional, but I want to say things clicking for the team. I don't know how to put it exactly, but the team finally getting that continuity and, you know, it's finally, it's all clicking. I can't, can't say that it's just one thing, but it's for me, what's been the reason it's that things are all coming together. They're trusting the process. How does that sound? No, I mean, and it's, it's funny because nobody wants to hear trust the process. Nobody wants to hear it's a process. Everyone hates that. And there's not a football fan, college or pros, that wants to hear anything about a process. Everyone wants instant gratification right away. But it literally is a process. And so that has a lot to do with it. I'll say what I believe is a, one of the biggest factors is, the, is that the defense is playing. The defense is, is holding up their ends of the bargain. And, you know, I know we've had many discussions and even arguments here on Raider Nation Radio 920 about the defense and how they shouldn't be held accountable because they don't have a lot of money invested in them. Well, I said that before, you know, money be damned, right? These guys have pride. These guys are, are NFL players. These guys don't want to be the liability part of the team. And I'll tell you right now, the defense was flying around on Sunday. They looked really good. I mean, think about this. Derek Carr throws a pick six, which I thought was very ill-advised. Uh, it was a pass interference. It should have been called pass interference, which the flag was thrown first, and then they picked it up. But I don't think it was a good decision to throw that ball anyway. So, you know, sometimes you just live and you learn. I thought Devontae Adams was open on that third down play. He could have hit him, but instead he went to Matt Collins and it turned into a pick six. But that doesn't even really matter. The defense it's, has done their thing, right? They turned the ball over twice, and they only scored seven points off the turnover. I mean, that's, that tells you a lot about the defense, right? Chandler Jones showed up to the party. Finally, I mean, he's been getting close. He's been getting close. He's been getting close, and all of a sudden he had a breakout game. Three sacks, and honestly, out of the five sacks that the Raiders had, he probably could have had all five. You know what I mean? He really probably could have had all five. But between Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, those guys being able to get home all the time consistently, at least they did on Sunday, they were, they were harassing the quarterback. I mean, hell, Max Crosby caused the fumble on the first play, the very first play. Should have been a sack. It should have been a sack, but what happened is Herbert picked up the ball and picked up a couple yards. That's, that's why it wasn't a sack, right? I mean, it could have been a sack, but since he caused the fumble, Herbert, I don't know how that happens because when does a ball like that just bounce right back up into a guy's hands, but it did, and so Herbert was able to pick up a couple yards or it would have been a sack. But, you know, he, got, he caused that fumble on the very first play, so they were harassing Justin Herbert all game long, and I know the Chargers' offensive line was very leaky, I know that they were very injured and banged up and very suspect. So you knew that there was an opportunity for the Raiders to take advantage, but they actually had to go out there and do it. And I don't want to not think about the, uh, the interior of the defensive line. The interior of that defensive line, and no Andrew Billings, 
He was inactive because of the fibula injury, and I thought, man, that's going to be a big loss. But between Jerry Tillery out there doing his thing, uh, Bilal Nichols, Matthew Butler, Clee Furl, those guys, again, man, the interior of the Raiders' defensive line is starting to get pushed. Is it enough? No. Have they gotten enough, you know, sacks on the quarterback, enough pressures on the quarterback so far this season? No. But it's starting to come together. And I feel like that with the defense starting to play like they're confident and believing. And even Raider Mack, I want to hear from Raider Mack because I thought Trayvon Merrick played a good game. I thought Trayvon Merrick had a really good game, right? And we've been pretty hard on the young man, right? We've been, including myself, because I, I feel like he took a step back uh, from, from his rookie year. But it looked like yesterday, DeMond, it looked like he was flying around and looked like he was right where he was supposed to be. The defense, in my opinion, made a huge difference in that game. I mean, think about this. The Chargers have Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen. You know, they have all these different weapons that they have, right? We talked about it last week. What concerns you the most about this game? And the, the Raiders' defense only gave up 13 points. That's it. 13 points. The player that I was most afraid of, Austin Eckler, only 35 yards rushing. Yeah, he Where, had, what, 60, 60 yards receiving, right? But still... And I he mean, had that fumble. Yeah, he had that fumble where the, day, the Raiders' defense, they came to play. I know we always like to say bend, don't break, just make a few plays. And, you know, they did that. Where They did what was asked of them and more. Right. Where just, hey, bend, don't break, yeah. But they went above and beyond in yesterday's game against the Chargers. And that one touchdown, you can say, if Max Crosby were, like, the move that he made to the inside, if he bounces out a little bit quicker, Justin Herbert doesn't have time to make that pass. So, you know, give him credit, too. That's why they get paid as well. Right. But – even the play, it would have to be the improvisation of Justin Herbert to even get that ball to Keenan Allen in the end zone. Yeah, and that, I mean, you can't even get mad at that, right? I mean, nobody likes to see it. It was a fourth down play. Uh, Amik Robertson was in coverage for quite a while, right? He held up his – I mean, and it was just one of those, Keenan Allen was going to catch it or nobody was going to catch it. It was a perfect pass, a perfect catch, and it was one that I know Amik Robertson was upset about that he gave up. But, man, I wouldn't even take that one personally. That's one of those where you just tip the cap and say, hey, you got me on that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that – that's all, that's all you could do is say, hey, you got me on that one. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Again, we're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. Every single Monday night we're here. We want to hear from you. What do you believe the biggest factor in the Raiders' current three-game winning streak is? 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go out to Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q and Demond. Thank you for taking my call. Now, I know you've seen Country Fried. I knew you've seen Kentucky Fried. But now we've seen Devontae Fried. Those DBs, man, <laughs> they, got the, they, they got the work. They got the work from Tay. Hey, man, and let I'm me ask you something. Hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Let me ask you something, man. How long did it take you to come up with that one, man? How long you work on oh, that one? You had that in your back pocket for a minute, man. I was waiting for a day. And then this guy, <laughs> you know, with, with his barbecue spot, had to come and say something, but apparently the barbecue spot was closed on Sunday. <laughs> but Devontae Fried Chicken was right open for him. I'm going to tell you what. That's hilarious. I love <laughs> but, it. Sir. Now, I want to I give out a game ball to Tillery. He's came in and put pressure on that interior, yeah. not just on the field, but in, uh, in the room. You know, everybody's noticed that dude came in to get a job done, and he, he got after it. And everybody else got their 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 britches on real quick, and I like that. You know, that's what we need. We need pressure on the players within themselves to to continue to work hard. That's what the guys have been mentioning. You know, there's guys out there that maybe hadn't gone in.
speculate on what the buy-in was, but now we know the buy-in was the buy-in on the hard work. And now we're starting to see that. I think that's the biggest factor. Now we're starting to see all that hard work uh, pay dividends. Now, I'll get, I'll, I'll rifle through quick. I think it would have been really quick, uh, really cool if they had got, uh, Branch's nephew to do, to catch the pass. I remember you had interviewed him last year, if I'm not mistaken. That yeah. would have been pretty sweet. And Hobbs America are back in uh, fashion. I never doubted the quiet assassin. Thank you for taking my call. You have a great day. Fargo Raider, appreciate it, my man. And I like how you brought up Jerry Tillery, because that's a guy that I've been focusing on as well. He was an ex charger. He was put on waivers. The Raiders picked him up, and, you know, they were struggling in the in the interior of that defensive line. Didn't know exactly what they were going to do. Are those guys the guys that they need to move forward with? It was Andrew Billings. was Bilal Nichols. Were they getting the job done? Cleve Farrell to an extent. Was he getting the job done? Jerry Tillery has brought a little something-something to him. Like, DeMond, you know, I like to say a little something in his neck. Jerry Tillery got a little something in his neck, man. He does. And, and I think that that has brought a little attitude to that interior part of that Raiders defensive line. So earlier today we were at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, I actually asked head coach Josh McDaniels what Jerry Tillery has brought to that defensive tackle rotation. Um, really excited about him being here. Um, you know, he's got great energy for us. And um, really, you know, like I said last week, you know, he's, he's kind of melded very well into the defensive line room. And those guys have great communication. Um, I think they enjoy playing with one another. Uh, and Jerry's just, you know, giving us everything he has. And, and whatever we're asking of him, he, he's willing to do it and uh, been a great teammate. Uh, certainly disruptive, you know. And, it, again, he's one of those guys where he may not get you to the ground, but he might be a reason why somebody else gets you to the ground, um, you know. And so just, uh, you know, and, again, we're still growing and learning, and, and he's doing the same thing. So uh, hopeful that we'll just continue to get better and better. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels on Jerry Tillery, a guy that Fargo Raider brought up. And, again, I do think that he's a nice addition to the Raiders' defense. And, look, this is what it's all about, man. I mean, they're riding a three-game winning streak right now. They're, they're looking good. They're looking better. They still have, obviously, a long way to go. They still have a lot of work to do. They've dug themselves a very difficult hole to climb out of. And I'm not saying that they can't climb out of the hole, but I'm saying that they're showing that they have something left. They have something in them still. They still believe, and that's, that's all that you really want. They're still fighting for each other. They're fighting, they're fighting for the man next to them on either side of them in that locker room, which is good. That's a great thing, and that's been really what's helped fuel this three-game winning streak. But, uh, yeah, I just think that Jerry Tillery has, has just been – been a nice welcome addition to that Raiders defense and you know I'm talking a lot about the defense but I know the offense has a ton to do with the success that the silver and black is having and of course Devontae Adams I mean he's over 1100 yards Josh Jacobs is over 1300 yards if those guys are cooking like they're cooking let's not forget about the offensive line I actually talked to uh, Jermaine Illuminor last night, had a little one-on-one with Jermaine for a few minutes. We'll get to that probably a little bit later on in the show. But first, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the islands. Let's go out to Hawaii. Talk to Mr. Black. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, aloha. Hey, aloha. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great great game yesterday. My my whole thing about the turnaround is, uh, you know, when, the, when uh, Mark uh, Davis announced uh, – our new head coach, man, I wasn't happy. I mean, you know, he didn't even coach one down yet. I wasn't happy at all. Okay. And, of course, how our season started off, everybody was like, get rid of him, get rid of him. Yeah. But uh, happy that I'm, I'm happy that I was wrong. And to our surprise, I think uh, his complicated uh, offense is all starting to fit in and starting everybody's starting to uh, 
understand it. It's starting to work. And uh, from what it's showing now with this three-game winning streak, uh, we're all buying into it. Uh, I guess it takes a little while with a, with a different type of offense, but I think that uh, that's the main, the main thing where the team's starting to, to uh, all flow together and catch on. And, and if this continues, geez, I mean, I know we dug a big hole. Yeah. And we were down at the bottom of that big-ass hole, but <laughs> I think uh, somebody threw us a ladder. Yep. And we can we can start climbing out and man I think uh I'm just so happy that I was wrong and then the future's looking bright man I can't wait till Thursday. Uh it just yeah. There you go. Hey, Mr. Thank you so much for the call, Mr. Black. I do appreciate you, my man. Good stuff right there. And, yeah, I think there was a lot of people that weren't super excited about uh, the head coach when they announced Josh McDaniels as the head coach. Obviously, coming from New England, you know that there's going to be a lot of that. But I think I think he's starting to at least make some believers. I think some folks are starting to believe, like, okay, he can get it done. Now, is everything cured? No. I don't want, I don't want anyone to make any mistake and think that everything is cured and everything is roses and rainbows and puppy dogs and all that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't BS you like that. I wouldn't do you like that. But, you know, I think you can see what this team has a potential to look like. And potential is something that hasn't been done yet. But you can see what they could look like. And if they bring their two other weapons back, and I don't think they'll come back this week against the Rams, but I wouldn't be shocked if they come back versus the Patriots week 15 after they have about 10 days off to, to rest and get some actual practice, there's going to be no practice this week. I mean, it's going to be all glorified walkthroughs. So, I mean, I, it just it would be, and Josh McDaniels has said this multiple times, unfair to the players to try to throw them out there without any practice. So don't expect to see Waller or Renfro back this week, but potentially you could see them back against the Patriots. And, man, if all of a sudden this offense is clicking like it is now and you add those guys in and just slowly work them in, they could really be on to something. Get a text real quick on our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, happy victory Monday. I'm absolutely loving this three-game win streak. My walk from the bedroom to my office downstairs this morning was a pimp walk. <laughs> Q, you stole my thunder on how fans want instant gratification. In reality, these things just take time. I feel like this team is playing a lot looser now, which has resulted in three straight victories. Everything is starting to fall into place with the rest of the NFL, and they better take notice. As I've been saying, it's one game at a time. Thursday's game versus the Rams is huge. Let's enjoy this win and get ready as the game time is in 75-plus hours. Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I think he hit it on the head, man. you got to take it one game at a time. It's really it's really easy to start looking ahead and start to see what's going on around the league and see an injury here, a player out there, and think, well, what do they say? So you're saying there's a chance, <laughs> right? Isn't that, isn't that part of that conversation? So you're saying there's a chance. So that's, that's easy to do. But honestly, man, you just got to take it one game at a time. And like Sir Whiskey Ray said, the next, the next game is the most important game. Jermaine Illuminor told me that last night. He said, hey, a great coach once told me the next game is the, the most important game because it is the next game. So the, Ra- the Raiders have to focus in on the Rams and let the rest of the league do what the rest of the league does and see how everything falls into place. One more text, and then we'll take a break. The turning point was Card Adams getting on players about not buying in. That's from the 925, and that goes back to what Passionate Raider tweeted at me and what others have said as well, you know. That that game that happened, uh, the Colts, that frustrating loss, the one where Derek Carr had uh, tears at the podium. He was upset. He was shook. He was angry. Devontae Adams was frustrated in the locker room, wasn't having fun. Well, they're having fun right now, 
as they've won three straight. What do you believe the biggest factor in the Raiders' current three-game winning streak is? Let us know about it, 69187, keyword R&R. It's at Text line, don't call us yet because we got a guest coming up next, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, and the RJ. He'll join us to talk all things silver and black. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Finally! Chandler Jones has come back to Las Vegas! Snap, three-step drop, eyes the middle, pressure off the edge, and he goes right into the sack! Chandler Jones having his best game as a Raider. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We are here inside the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night for Monday Night Football, and today is just like every other Monday except for, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a victory Monday, and it's the third victory Monday in a row for the Raiders as they picked up the 27-20 victory over the Chargers and improved their overall record to 5-7. and seven. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about that victory is our good friend Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And we'll start with the question that I threw out there to Raider Nation. What do you believe the biggest factor in the Raiders' current three-game winning streak has been? First of all, I'm disappointed in you that you didn't take Victory Monday off, but you never take a day off, so maybe I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Ever. Because uh, you work uh, 24 hours a day. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit about what Josh McDaniels, I think, said at his press conference this morning. I think, like, you know, we got caught so so caught up in 2-7. and seven. Um, Maybe he was right, you know, all along that it was going to take time for these guys to understand the system and understand what he wanted on both sides of the ball, and now it's just clicking. I know that sounds like a simplistic answer, but... From what we've seen the last three weeks, um, I think there might be some truth to that. You know, I mean, it was a new coaching staff. It was new systems on both sides of the ball. And it just seems the last few weeks they've, they've come under, uh, you know, more consistency and it clicking more. So maybe it's just as simple as that, that what he said from the very beginning and what he said throughout that 2-7 and seven start, he kept saying that throughout the 2-7 and seven start. And, you know, you don't want to hear that when they're 2-7 and because it just sounds like excuses, yeah. right? I mean, it just, it just sounds like, oh, you're making excuses here. These guys should be able to pick this up. But maybe, maybe there was something to it because they've certainly looked good the last few weeks. No, they really have. Again, riding a three-game winning streak, and we saw Chandler Jones get his first three full sacks as a Raider. I mean, he had his big-time breakout game. And, Ed, we were in the locker room last night, and every player to a T said, yeah, but you guys don't see what Chandler Jones does all the time. And I know you wrote a really good piece about that. What did you take away from what all the players had to say about Chandler Jones? Boy, they stood behind him big time. And, and it's not the first time I've heard that because as he struggled to get the sacks, um, every time we talked to Max Crosby or other people like that, they said, yeah, but – a lot of what he does, you guys don't see. Um, the energy he brings to the locker room, the energy he brings to the huddle, um, the motor he has, the, the how he plays against the run. But again, we're like, you know, I think sometimes media gets to be like fans, and you know, we, we're big on stats because that's our world. And stats are our world. So you look at the sacks, and you hadn't had it. You said, hey, you paid this guy thirty-two million guaranteed. Where are the sacks? And I do. I think there's some truth to that. I definitely think there's some, you know, there's some credence to that. But there's no question. Everyone in that locker room, starting with the head coach, um, you know believes in him and has stood behind him. Um, and they certainly did yesterday when we talked to, whether it's Daron Harmon, Nate Hobbs, uh, Max Crosby, they all stood behind him and said, you know, this is what we knew he had in him. And he, you know, he, 
you know, he, he came through big for us. Yeah, and it was shame on me. I didn't get to catch up with him in the locker room. He was talking at the same time as Devontae Adams was, so I ended up getting stuck with Devontae. And I know I think Cassie was able to get a little bit with Chandler. But how much of a relief do you believe it was for Chandler, though, to notch a game like that? And really, Ed, the Raiders had five sacks on the day. He honestly could have had all five of them. Yeah, he could have had five sacks. Um, you know, he said it wasn't a sigh of relief. I, I don't know if I believe that because, look, as great as he is, he's got 111 career sacks, as great as he's been throughout his career at least, um, you know, he had a half a sack through, what, 10, 11 games. Right. And he was he was brought here to go opposite Crosby and to get sacks, and he hadn't done it. So I think that's what you say after a game like that, but I can't believe internally there wasn't somewhat of a sigh of relief. Okay, okay, I'm back, in, I'm back at it now. I've got three sacks. Uh, you know, let's move forward. Let's move ahead because, look, he'd heard it all the year too, right? Yep. Whether he's asked about it. I mean, he, he tends to talk on Fridays. Sometimes he talks, sometimes he doesn't. But he had heard about it. He actually brought it up in interviews, so he knew people were talking about it. So everyone's human. Um, I think he's human like everyone else. I think yesterday kind of brought him some clarity and, you know, uh, probably a sigh of relief that he was able to get three sacks, no matter if he wanted to say it after or not. Said he wasn't frustrated. Not sure I don't believe that because, you know, he's a competitor. Yeah. And competitors want to win and competitors want to do what they can for their teams. So I think there's a lot of that in him. And I just think, you know, I just think um, he uh, he did experience a sigh of relief, whether he'd admit it or not. I can't believe he didn't. Right. I agree with you 100%. Ed Graney is our guest here from ESPN Las Vegas. And also the RJ put out some fantastic work, including a nice piece on Chandler Jones. Make sure you go check that out. DeMond's got one for you, Ed. Not just Chandler Jones, but the pass rush as total because they were, the Raiders were really disguising some looks yesterday. What do you think about the way the defense came along and I think maybe played their most complete game as a unit? I think they played really well. Um, and look, here's the thing. The, the Rams, excuse me, the, char- the Chargers front is decimated. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know what? It's the NFL. You know, there's not one guy, like McDaniel said, there's not one guy in the locker room right now that doesn't have something who's not hurting 11 or 12 games in. So they took advantage of that, but that's what you need to do. Um, you know, uh, they, they put a rookie six-rounder uh, left tackle out on Chandler Jones, put him on an island, said, sorry, guy, we can't help you out today. Uh, and, and Sailor, and he just, he just got eaten up. So, but that also means that the defense, you know, uh, played well behind them. For the most part, the fourth and 12, the Keenan, uh, was an incredible throw by Herbert, I thought. Um, so that was that was you know more. I thought that was more Justin Herbert than the defense breaking down. I thought that was an incredible throw. Um, but I think Demond's right in that they played really well yesterday and they did what they had to do. You know, when you go against the line that's decimated like that, you got to put pressure on Herbert. Um, he was not happy after the game. I know some um, reporters who were on that side of the building. Q and I were over at the Raiders. Um, he's usually really good with the media. Yesterday he's very short. So uh, I'm sure he didn't like getting hit as much as he did. Um, five sacks, hitting a lot more times. So, yeah, I think, I think DeMond, you're right. I think the, the Raiders had a pretty complete game on that side of the ball as well, you know, uh, up, you know, other than for a few plays. Another player that I wanted to ask you about specifically was Nate Hobbs. What did you think about his performance coming back, and were you worried about him a little bit like I was with the cast on his hand? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how we're worried. I don't think he would have come back unless he was ready. But, he, you know, he gets the fumble recovery. He leads him in tackles and with eight. Um, thought he played really, really well. They needed him. And, you know, Chandler Jones spoke about that after the game, about how important a part Nate Hobbs is to that defense and what he brings to that defense. So I thought he played really well coming back from injury. It's hard. He said he was ready the week before, um, but he just couldn't go. So I, I thought once you saw him out there, he was pretty, you know, he's pretty sure that he'd be, you know, close to 100% at least to be able to play. So I think you bring up a good point there, DeMond, and, and Nate Hobbs um, uh, thought he was really, really good. And, uh, you know, again, 
it all started up front um, with the pressure they were put on Herbert and you know, allowing those guys in the back end to make plays. So Herbert was running around for his life a lot of times, and that allows you, like Nate Hobbs and other defensive backs, to make a lot of plays. I got to ask you, Ed, which one is more entertaining, watching Josh Jacobs break tackles or watching Devontae uh, Adams catch touchdown passes? To me, it's more entertaining watching defenders fall on their legs trying to cover Devontae Adams. <laughs> yes, um, that's true, too. Because that happens a lot. It happens more than I've ever seen. And he's an incredible route runner. Yeah. But um, someone had a clip on Twitter the other day of uh, all the guys falling down trying to cover him, which is amazing because these are still NFL DBs and still NFL you know, secondary guys who made the league. Yeah. And he's such an incredible route runner. So I'd have to say Devontae in that sense. I mean, Josh has been, you know, Josh has had an incredible season. Um, uh, his numbers speak for themselves. And we do this thing in the paper where we pick um, – we have to go over under on numbers yeah. and his number continues to climb each week. And like last week, I just went over and my comment was, you know, like we're going to bet against this guy right now. I mean, I think the number was 93 and a half or something. He went way over that. Um, I don't know if anyone's betting against this guy right now to go over hundred yards each week. And that's not easy to do. Um, I don't care who you're playing. It's not easy to get a hundred yards in the league. And, uh, you know, he keeps doing it. So, um, I like how I love how Josh is playing, but I'm going to say Devontae because it's just amazing to me his route running and how he can take who are really good defensive backs and like kind of make them look silly. 1,300 yards rushing for Josh Jacobs, over 1,100 yards uh, receiving, yeah. and what a 10, 10, 12 touchdowns for Devontae Adams. I mean, that's a one-two punch right there. And I don't want to be this guy, but what could this offense look like with Waller and Renfro if they return? I don't know it's not going to be this week, but I'm assuming they will come back probably for the Patriots game. I think it'll just be better for someone like Devontae um, because now you've got two more guys who are legitimate, you know, targets. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, I mean, Darren just hasn't been right all year. Right. Um, he hasn't been right all year. So even if he comes back, you're kind of not sure about him. Um, Hunter as well. Hunter had some flashes there before he got hurt, but he wasn't right, you know, for most of the time. So I don't know what it could be, but if they were, I'll, I'll say this, if they were right and they were healthy, and they were legitimate targets, I think Devontae would be the happiest guy in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, you know, you're not that you have to open things up for him right now very much anyway, but then things would open up even more for him. And, I mean, he's just on a tear. So I think the offense could be a lot better um, just with those guys on the field because you have to honor them. And, yeah. You know, if they're on yep. the field, you have to honor them. You might not. You might know that there's something wrong in terms of them not being 100%. But then once you do that and you don't honor them, then they're going to, you know, then they're going to bite you and get a big, big gain. So, It'll just help everyone else. It'll help the running game. Not that it seems he needs much help right now. <laughs> and the other thing I want to say is I thought yesterday was one of the best, if not the best, offensive line performances. Yep. Um, you know, he, he kept, they kept him clean. Um, I don't care what you say. When your guy runs for 140-something, someone's doing well up front. Yep. Um, and I thought they really played well. And, you know, had they played that way all year. It's like I thought Tyler Bischoff on our show made a good point this morning. Had they played that way all year, then you would have looked back and say, boy, you know, uh, McDaniel's and, and, and Ziegler knew something. Now they didn't play that well all year, but they are playing well in a very important time here. And I just thought yesterday they played. I, I thought that might have been their best performance of the season, without a doubt. Zero sacks, kept Derek Carr very clean. I mean, that that was a heck of a job. Like nobody even knew Khalil Mack was on the field, right? I mean, yeah. it was just. <laughs> I mean, we didn't hear his name. It was fu- it was funny. We didn't hear his name. I mean, I'm sure it. I'm sure he it was spoken, but you know, you and I are in the press box, and right. you try to hear as much as you can through the noise and stuff, but. I don't remember hearing his name, and when that happens, you're doing something right. Yep. 
Ed, something that I wanted to ask you about. Man, Q, I really thought you were going to reset there. My bad. <laughs> okay, Ed, how many more times do you think that the Raiders can run the flea flicker and it be successful? It's almost like it's almost like other teams aren't watching film. Um, you know, I, I would keep running it. Right. <laughs> right. If, they're, if, if they're not going to, if you're going to continue to be successful with it, I would keep running. I thought it was a great call, also because obviously they were trying to establish the run with Jacobs, and he was doing well. I think it's the second play of that drive um, where they hit him with it. I mean, I think Josh had a gain on first down, and they're kind of like lining up that they're going to run again. And they bid on it, um, and then it was just a nice, you know, pitch and catch from between Derek and Devontae. So, until someone stops it, I would continue running it, um, especially the way Devontae's playing. Um, eventually, someone's going to stop it, I would think, but you never know. So, I would, I would keep running the thing, you know. And you got to, it's got to come at the right time. It's got to come at the right moment. Um, I thought his call yesterday was really good. I thought he, uh, I thought he called a really good game yesterday. And yep. you know, the last few weeks, I, I've given him the edge, definitely in coaching over the opposition. Um, and maybe he's getting better too, you know. I mean, um, maybe he's becoming more comfortable with his team as they become. You know, we talked about in the beginning of the interview about them becoming more comfortable with him. Maybe he's becoming more comfortable with them as well. Ed, last thing I want to ask you about: switch gears. We talked about this off air. Coach O, is he coming to UNLV? Boy, wouldn't that be something, Coach O, on the strip? It'd be, you know, they talked about Dion on the strip. How about if Coach O was on the strip? Um, I, I think he's involved. Um, I think others like Mike Stoops are involved. Um, I, I'll leave it at this, Demont. I think if we don't have a coach uh, named at UNLV by Wednesday, something's very wrong. The portal opened today. You cannot let that portal. Already, seven hundred names are in the portal. I just read on Twitter seven hundred names. Jeez. You've got to have you've got to have someone in here right now. I mean, you can't. You just can't let that portal go without someone recruiting in there. And by the way, Kyle Williams of UNLV put his name in the portal today. You yep. not only have to recruit. You not only have to recruit the portal. For you to get players, you have to keep. You have to save the ones you want to save. Yep. So it's you know it's a two way street. Who's going from your school that you want to save, and who's in the portal that can help you? So I imagine the next forty eight hours there's a coach there. I'll be I'll be shocked if in the next forty eight hours he hasn't named a coach. Well, there you go. We're waiting for some breaking news when it comes to UNLV and the coaching search. Well, Ed, before we let you go, earlier today we found out that the Raiders and Patriots were flexed out of that Sunday night football yeah. game, Week fifteen. I don't think that comes as a huge surprise, but what were your thoughts? Hugh, you know my thoughts. I'm about deadline. I want every game starting at 8 a.m. in the morning. So uh, that's my selfish answer to your question. I'm okay with that. (laughs) If every game started at 8 a.m. and we had breakfast together, I would be fine with that as well. So any game that is flexed out uh, of prime time and gets a 1 o'clock start is okay with me. I'm giving the thumbs up. I feel a little bad for the Vegas Bowl who gets flexed to 1130. But you know what? Here's the deal about that. If if Oregon State and Florida fans are in town, they're going to come to the game no matter what time it is. So. You know, it's not – I mean, I, I'm sure they don't want a bowl game starting at 1130, but the people who are in town are going to go to the game, and the people who buy tickets are going to go to the game. So uh, all good on my end, my friend. I, I like primetime <laughs> games, and I like Sunday night games, but also, selfishly, I also like to be able to get home and handle my business a little bit earlier. So, yeah, I guess I'm kind of exactly. selfish with you too. So uh, exactly. there you go. Me and Ed, we're on the selfish train. Well, what do you got Darn coming down on the RJ? I know you got that piece on Chandler Jones. That was fantastic. Yeah. What else you got that you're working on? I'm working on a column tomorrow in the UNLV coaching search, and we're going to follow that daily to see if that happens and then uh, try to get something on the Raiders before they start. It's weird. It's already Tuesday tomorrow, and they play Thursday. So I don't know about you. We're waiting around for the schedule to see availability for tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. We're waiting on that. We just got our injury report a little while ago. It seems weird to get it on a Monday, but this is what happens on a short week. So uh, Yeah, exactly. There's, there's that. Well, Ed, thanks so much for your time, my man. You, always, always appreciate you.
Okay, you too. Talk to you soon. All right, Bye-bye. brother. There he goes. Ed Graney right there, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, the Press Box, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff does a fantastic job. And, of course, the RJ does an even better job. All his writing is really good work, so you definitely want to check out what Ed's got going on. 2.46 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. When we come back, you'll hear my one-on-one quick couple-minute conversation with Trayvon Merrick. Just for you, Raider Mac, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're in the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. We're going to look at the division game this evening. This is not a very sexy one on paper, but I do think it's going to be a very entertaining game, even though it's not very sexy on paper. Tampa Bay going up against New Orleans. Neither team is above 500, but again, I do think it's going to be a little bit of a battle, right? And Tampa Bay uh, is leading the division right now, even though they're under 500. So that's the game that will be on these TVs here for Monday Night Football. But right now, we're talking some Raider football. Coming up at the top of the hour, we have Mark McMillan, former NFL DB, joining us to talk all things Raiders secondary, defense, and just the whole turnaround for the Raiders' current three-game winning streak. Want to hear from you as well, 702-365-9200. What do you believe the biggest factor in the Raiders' current three-game winning streak is? And we'll go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our good friend Bernard. Welcome to the show, Bernard. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Hey, hey, good day to you guys, man. You too. Hey, I was at the game yesterday, you know, I'm from the Bay Area. And uh just want to say my daughter was in you know, a real bad uh, car accident uh, in October. But we had already bought the tickets to the game, so I was kind of concerned about her accommodations and everything. And uh, I just want to say the Raiders uh, Stadium, man, they, they was excellent because she was on crutches, but she was able to make it to the game, got us to the seats and everything, man. And um, I just uh, just want to just give a shout-out to the stadium. They was just real great with us, um, helping her get to the game, uh, yeah. getting a wheelchair for her, getting her to the elevator. So I just appreciate them making it, you know, real easy for us because she still wanted to go to, go to the game. Um as far as a big turnaround, I just think I know you said that earlier about trusting the process and uh, you know and, and believing that things will get better. I think Raider fans, if you've been there a Raider fan for so long, you don't want to hear that. Yeah. But when you listen to them talk in the press conference, I'm talking about Josh McDaniels and Ziegler. They don't want to be a, a one-hit wonder, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know the Raiders went to the playoffs last year, but were they really a playoff team or did they just make the playoffs? So I think you got to look at it in, in that terms. And it's not like they were getting blown out in any of the games that they lost. So I just like what I'm hearing from all the leaders. None of them was pointing fingers at each other. And you start, it's starting to show. So I know nobody going to hear trust the process. You know, let's, let's give them a chance. And it's, it's four phases to the game. I know we always say three phases, but coaching is a phase too. Yep, and he had to learn these players. I'm talking about McDaniels, obviously, and the staff. Yeah. And it's starting to turn around a little bit. So I know you say, you know, special teams, defense, offense, and coaching. There's four phases to the game. And he's starting to realize that, hey, I got to coach a little bit different. You know, he, he didn't want to have a running back whack a minute. He liked to spread the ball around. Now, with injuries, you, you can't do that as much. You got a superstar wide receiver, you got a superstar running back. So he kind of had to change the way he coached, too. So we got to be a little patient. And, you know, and another thing they talk about, your best football is played after Thanksgiving Day. And they starting to do that. So let's, let's get this man a chance and get the players healthy. You know, we ain't talking playoffs. Just get them healthy and let's see progress. I think the Raiders going to do real good in the future. 
Hey, good call. Thank you so much, man. I'm glad that you uh, were able to enjoy the game. Your daughter was able to enjoy the game, and uh, hopefully she's on her way to a speedy recovery. Uh, definitely appreciate the feedback. And you're right, there's definitely four phases to it. And I do think uh, Coach McDaniels has matured uh, as a coach of the Raiders. And I don't mean matured as, you know, like he's all of a sudden wiser through, you know, 12 games or, uh, yeah, 12 games. But instead he knows, like you said, he knows his team and he's knowing how to get the most out of them now as far as, pushing the right buttons, calling the right plays, knowing who does what. I mean, this is all a get-to-know, and that's something that Dave Ziegler said a lot of, you know, hey, we're trying to get to know this player, we're trying to get to know this player. And a lot of people kind of laughed at that, like, well, what does he mean he's trying to get to know him? He's not dating him. Well, it kind of is, right? I mean, it kind of is. It's kind of one of those situations where you do have to know what these players are, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and how they can all come together. So I think that uh, head coach Josh McDaniels is doing a really good job, and you're starting to see that. And uh, Ed Granny pointed that out as well. You know, hey, he's starting to uh, call better games. I thought that Josh McDaniels called a really good game uh, yesterday. I do want to go out real quick. Demond, do we have enough time to get Trayvon Merrick? I want to get one more call, but do we have enough time to get Trayvon Merrick too? <laughs> Devon said it's one or the other. All right, well, Gangster Raider, hold on. We're going to get to you in just a little bit. Let's go ahead and go inside the Raiders locker room. I had a quick minute to uh, holler at Trayvon Merrick following the game last night. Here with Raider safety, Trayvon Merrick, and uh, Trey, three, three wins in a row. You know, Devontae mentioned a few weeks ago you guys weren't having fun. How much fun is this winning three in a row? Oh, it's fun, man. We're just showing up every week with, you know, just new energy, with a new mindset, um, you know, just trying to do our job the best we can, you know, winning our one-on-ones for our brother, you know, on the other side of the ball. So, Well, the defense was playing lights out today. You know, did, did you guys keep feeling that energy knowing that, hey, we get the ball back, we got yeah. Devontae and, 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 uh, Adam and uh, Josh running downhill. Oh, yeah, we knew the offense was going to do their thing, so our thing was just, you know, start every every drive fresh, you know, come mm-hmm. out there, start every drive with a two claps in the Ric Flair, get our juices going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's what we did today, so. What did you see from that defensive line? I mean, it's a lot easier yeah. to play safety when that defensive line is getting home as much as they were. Yeah, no, it was, it was. I mean, in the post, and you see those guys up front doing their thing into the quarterback, it's a good feeling when you're back there and, and know you don't really have to worry about it that much. How about the how about the horn frogs in the, in the oh playoffs? yeah come on now I doubted this they didn't think we were gonna be there but you know, we're here, I didn't, man. I'll be honest I didn't think yeah. that they were gonna I thought they were gonna do what they do in yeah. the Big Twelve all the time and say no they're not gonna put yeah. them in no nah, but this year they did yeah. their thing man I'm I'm happy for them man shout out to the boys in Funky Town shout out to the new head coach man they're, they're doing their thing down they there. are they're doing so, a really good job final yeah. question for you it's a yeah. short week how do you how do you turn this thing around real quick uh, man we just gotta you know I want to say just forget about this but you know we just gotta focus on the Rams this week um, get our bodies right um, and then just prepare the as we can, um, as quick as we can. So, yeah, we're good. Trayvon Merrick right there, Raiders safety. Just caught up with him real quick. And, uh, Damon, I got to ask you before we take a quick break, you got two claps and a Ric Flair for me? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, that was weak, man. It took you, you, you It took so long, man. Like, you you missed your time. You missed your time to shine. If I, that's, so, that's your thing, man. You're the fight game guy. <laughs> I thought as soon as he said we got two claps and a Ric Flair, Damon was going to be fired up. I could have sworn, and he was going to, man, I thought while Trey was talking, you were going to hear, woo! You know what I mean? Like, I thought that's how it was going down. You did it so much better. I know! I wanted that from you, though. 2.58 is the time when we come back. Mark McMillan, woo! He'll hit us. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.